0: So, Father, we just pray, God, right now that, God, you would just arrest our attentions, God, and our minds. Father, the, the, the enemy is, wants to steal the Word of God today from us. He wants to steal the Word of God from people. He's already stole it from some. God, some, didn't, some chose not to get out of bed and come, some, some leave, Lord, uh, all, all sorts of things. He, the enemy, is, he does a work on people, and Father, uh, don't, don't let him do a work on this group in here or the people online. Father, do, do, let the Word of God be received into hearts and into good ground today. Father, we love you. Speak to our hearts. Change our lives through the Word of God today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said Amen. Pastors are leaving. There, there, there was a pastor. In fact, a pastor we visited in in New York uh, speaks to uh, the Second Church that we went to, uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle. Uh, speaks to a lot of uh, pastors, uh, and uh, and he he said that recently he wrote a new book called "Fan the Flame," and it, and it he did a lot of research and. He said that, uh, and and I've read a lot of Barna research uh, lately. I've read some of that to you in messages of of the state of of of, of America, the state of the church, the state of young people, the state of, of what's happening right now, and uh, and one of the things that he discovered as well is that. Pastors during COVID he, he got stuck in Florida he, he had been there and, and couldn't get back to New York and all of a sudden pastors began coming to him and calling him, "We need to meet with you they were frustrated, they were discouraged they were, they were troubled and one of the resounding th- things that kept coming was they wanted to they were, they were wanting to leave the ministry. And if pastors was like, the, the, the percentage of pastors that want to leave the ministry is already astronomical. If you think that's bad, the pastor's wives that want to leave the ministry is like 90%. If they, I mean, the, the, these pastors and these pastor's wives are saying, if we could get benefits, and if we could get uh, uh, somewhere making money and benefits, we would leave today. We would get out of it, and we would go somewhere else. And, and, and it's just a, a, a hardship that has come upon people. And one of the biggest things he discovered and realized is that a lot of the pastors were saying, why do I preach and why do I have people that come to my church and and they come and they stay for four months or they come and stay for six months or they come and stay for a year and then they're gone. And then we get new people come in. And they said, and the same thing happens. They stay for a few weeks, they stay for a few months, they stay for half a year, and then they're gone. And he said, he said there used to be, and, and I'm stealing a lot of stuff from him today because it's so profound and powerful and needs to be preached. But even the title of his message was, was called, a Revol- uh, not a revolving uh, door, it actually, he, the actual title of his message was called uh, um, uh, the, the Church of the Revolving Door. And he said in the book of Revelation, there was a there's a church that talks about, there used to be a lot of messages that were called the church of the open door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And there was a lot of messages called the church of the open door. But he said what needs to be preached today is the church of the revolving door. Because people come in and they go out just as quick as they come in. They come in, they leave. Come in and leave. Come in and leave. Come in and leave. Come in and leave. And that's why there's discouragement on so many churches and so many pastors today. Listen to this. In the 1950s to the 1960s, uh, here's what it was. People went to church every Sunday, every Wednesday night, unless they were sick or out of town. Every Sunday, church was a priority. God was a priority. Over ball, over the lake, over, over, over uh, job, over everything. I mean, they were in church. It had to be something dire for a reason for them not to go worship God. And then the, after that, 30 years ago, it dropped to where three out of four Sundays people went to church. And then 10 to 15 years ago, it dropped to where we go half. Of the Sundays. Eh, I go when I feel like it. It's too cold today. Ah, It's too sunny. It's too hot. I don't feel good. Preacher preaches too long. I don't like the songs of that guy that leads the music. And so they just, it's raining, it's sunny, it's this, it's that. I got a family gathering. How many family gatherings do we have now on Sunday? Right? I mean, like, we got Saturday all day long, but nobody wants to give up their Saturday. No, let's, let's take everybody out of church on Sunday. All the people who don't go to church, let's take all of you out into family gatherings on Sunday. Let's have our birthday parties now. Let's have our grandbabies parties now. And let's not be an influence to them. Let's let them take us all out and, be an in, and let's lose our influence. And now you want to know what it is today? 1.8 times a week is the average attendance in the house of God. And we wonder why it's, why people. And, 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 listen, we're talking about a revolving door. I'm not, what I'm talking about today is not backsliding. I backslid before. I've, I've grown cold, I've grown indifferent and still come in this place and worship God. I'm not talking about uh, being distanced in my relationship with God for a minute. I'm talking about what I'm talking about today is, is, is totally different. And so the question we have to ask, did Jesus address this? Is there anything in the Word of God? Because it really doesn't matter what Brad thinks and it really doesn't matter what you think. But what is the Word of God? Did Jesus ever address this topic? And I'm here to tell you absolutely He did. Man, I can feel it. I can can feel it. I'm going to preach today. I don't care. It's been built up for about four weeks, so just hang on to your seats. Care if you like it or not. Amen? Did Jesus ever address this? We need Scripture to find out. Well, actually, in the parable, it's a parable that's found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, it's found in all three uh, Gospels. It's not found in John that he addresses this. And it's called the parable of the sower. Now, what is a parable? A parable is a story that has a lesson, right? Like the tortoise and the hare, you could even say is a secular story. What, what happened in the tortoise and the hare? Come on, moms and dads, what happened? It means it's not how fast you enter and go into the race, but it's that you continue to endure to the end and keep going, right? Right? That's a le- that's a parable. That's a story that has a lesson in it. Well, Jesus has in all three Gospels, three out of the four. He has a story for us today that's going to talk about the church of the revolving door, and we're going to find out who those people are today, and we're going to find out why they come in for only a few months and then they're gone. We're going to find out what happens and what it is. So, if you got your Bibles, buckle up and let's get ready. Put on your thinking caps and your listening caps and hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Listen to what he says in Matthew 13 that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake And there were such large crowds that gathered around him that he got into a boat and he sat in it. So there's all these crowds that are around Jesus. So many are coming and flocking to him now. He's growing in popularity. If you open blind eyes and you unstop deaf ears and you cast out demons, people will start coming to watch that and see what's going on. So now he's beginning to gather a following and a crowd that wants to come around and see what it's all about. Well, he he sees a boat there because it's so uh, packed out. He, He pushes a boat a little bit out gets in it and he gets there where he can talk to the entire crowd and where he can project his voice and they can hear what he's going to teach and here's what it says and he sat in it because he's going to teach for a long time and probably if you're standing in a boat it's probably going to get a little rocky a little bit with the waves coming crashing in so he sits down and sometimes he did that sometimes he stood while all the people stood on the shore and that's what began to happen that's what took place on this day that began to happen now look at verse 3 Look at what he says. Then he told them many things in parables. Well, we say it's a story with a lesson, right? He's got a lesson for us in this story today. And he says, a farmer went out to sow his Seed. We're going to find out in a minute who the farmer is. We're going to find out that the farmer is a good farmer. And we're going to find out the seed is good seed. And we're going to find that out in just a minute. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Look at what he goes on to say. Some fell upon the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. Now look at what he says. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and the They withered because they had no root. Now look at what he goes on to say. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants. And here we go. Still other seed fell upon good soil. These people received. Received it. Where it produced a crop 160 and 30 times what was sown. And then he goes on to say... Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying today to you and to me. Amen? So, there's a sower in all four cases. And the sower is the same in all four cases. And there's this, it's the same farmer. The seed is the same. Um, He doesn't have a bag of good seed, bad seed, super-duper seed, and this kind of seed. It's all the same. But what we have in this parable and in this story is there are four different types of soil. Just like we have in four different types of soil all in this room. Four different types of soil. Same word. Same sower. Four different types of soil. Roadside. Some fell on. The hard ground. And the birds. The evil birds came. The Bible says evil. Evil birds came. And they snatched the word away. By the way, I'm getting to the point where you're going to find out. The seed is the word of God. Can you believe that rocky soil and hard ground and hard heartedness can keep the word of God out? Oh, I don't receive that, brother. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. Jesus said, this can keep my word out of you. This can keep my word out of your heart. Some fell by the roadside, the hard ground, and the birds came. Speaking of evil, they came and they snatched the word of God before it could come into good soil and and produce a crop. Then others were stoned into thorny soil, which represent the cares of the life, of this life, and the riches of this world. And and the Bible says that before that was sown into the heart, good, in good soil, people began to worry about cares. Oh, what are we going to do to start Market's going to crash. Oh, my bank. What are we going to do for? Oh, my job. Oh, how am I going to have this or have that? And the cares of this. How are my children going to have braces? How am I going to do anything? Oh, I got to strive. I got to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. And all of a sudden, we're so worried about the cares of this life. Oh, mama's sick. She's going to die. Oh, and all this and all that. And riches. Oh, if I could just make it one time. If I could get that job. If I could get that degree. If I could get this. And so, all you're bogged down by the cares. You're thrown into the thorns. And all you're worried about oh the pandemic, oh the pandemic oh should I wear a mask, should I not and all the cares of this life choke out from you receiving the word of God competing growth kills good plants and then the good ground the good ground received it and revived the seed the good ground received it and revived the seed and brought life into it that produced 30 and 60 and 100 fold. And today's focus of what I want to focus because we're talking about the revolving door. I want to focus on verse 20. And I want to here's the focus of today because we want to find out about that revolving door. And some of you that won't be in here four, four weeks, uh, four months from now or six months from now. I want to tell you why. And I want to tell you uh, because because look at what it says. The Matthew chapter 13, 20 some of you won't be watching anymore you watch the first week oh this is great we can stay in our pajamas and do church at home and man the second week oh this is great and Easter went by and now you kind of watch it and the kids are everywhere else and now you tune in every now and now we fast forward and now we vacuum the house and cook and do other things while we're watching TV and now we don't even tune in at all right? Matthew 13 and 20 The seed falling on rocky ground, that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about one of the four today. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the Word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, say no root, they last only a short time. Preach on, brother. Yeah, let's quit preaching. Let's quit preaching grandma into heaven at her funeral when she left the church 800 years ago and never lived like a Christian day one since then. No, preach. Yes, preach on, brother. Let's quit calling people saved when they're not saved. No, let's quit saying, hey, come down here fine. You came down here and you prayed the first Sunday in here. We dunked you into baptism waters, but four months, months later, you're gone. And your life never changed. You don't read the Bible. You don't pray. You don't love Jesus. You just went right back into the world with your old friends. But yeah, and you ask them every time. Oh, I'm saved. Oh, they're going to heaven. Oh, they smoked a joint this this long. They got drunk every Friday night. They shacked up with women. They lied. They had a gossiping tongue this long. But yeah, oh, praise, bless God. They're in heaven today. But since they had no root, they last only a short time. And here it is. When trouble or persecution comes, because of the Word, they quickly fall away. The sower is the preacher. And I'm sowing good Word today. The sower in this parable definitely sowed it. It was the gospel, and it was the truth. So, so don't leave out of here saying, "Oh, oh, the farmer, the farmer was bad." No, the farmer was good, and the word was good that was being sown. Oh, I didn't get anything out of that today. No, you know why? Because it's the ground. It's the ground. It's the ground that didn't receive. It's the four types of ground. The sower is the preacher, the seed is the word, and every meeting people leave out of here. And there's a lot of you that'll rem- move out of here today, and you'll remember nothing of this message. Because I see half of you, half of you like this. <gasps> so the enemy's already at work whispering in your ear, seducing you. Trying to get you to go to sleep. Keeping you up last night. Causing fights this morning so you'll be distracted and can't hear what's going on. Fighting with your husband. Fighting with your wife. You think that's... Amber said it best. That's not... They're not your enemy. There's an enemy. There's a prince of the power of the air. He's moving in this place right now. Why do you think we care when we get up here and we want all of you to be engaged in worship? We are in a battle. We want all of you to pray. We are in a battle. There's a battle for the souls of these people right here. These teenagers. There's a battle. Hate their guts, does not want them believing the Bible, does not want them believing the Word of God. So guess what? When the sower sows the Word and it goes, he's ready to snatch it right out from before their face. You don't think he's ready? You don't think he's ready to get a baby cry or you to drop a book and and all the eyes that I watch go over here. It's constant. He's trying to steal, trying to think about, oh, we got to meet so and so today because we got to go eat after church and all the distractions and all the things that the enemy has. The good Word is being sowed out here to be in your heart and bring you deliverance, bring you freedom, break strongholds and cause all kind of struggles in this place to steal it away. So let's focus on the rock ground. Look at verse 20. The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with Joy. Man, I love that praise music. Man, I love that song. There's joy in the house of the Lord. That makes me feel good every Sunday when I come in and sing that. Man, I love that preacher getting me fired up. Man, I can deal with that. Man, I love, I love, the, I, I, I like what's going on here. I like the fellowship. When we have a fellowship, we eat on Wednesday night and we have meals. And, and, and so see, it's the person that comes in and the Word is sown. And at once they receive it with joy. Like, man, this is all right. This is pretty good. I kind of like this church thing we're trying out. And I kind of like this. But look at verse 21. But since they have no root... They have, like, you know what, rocky soil? It's not a bunch of rocks in the soil. Rocky soil means there's about this much dirt, and underneath there's a plate of rock, there's a slab of rock. Okay? Without root, you don't flourish. Without root, you don't grow. Without root, a plant doesn't survive. It springs up for a minute and looks like life, but it doesn't have it. Okay? And so here's what it says. Here, it, 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 there, there, so so the, uh, the whole plant, the whole future of the plant depends on the root system. And here's the problem the roots in rocky soil can only go so far, and then bam, it stops. It stops. And one of the previous verses, when we started at the beginning, it said, it didn't say it down here, but it said it up there. It said, when the sun comes out, it scorches it. Why does it scorch it? The other plants can survive in good soil. You know why? Because their roots go way down deep and they get to the moisture. And the moisture brings refreshing in life. And then the sun plus the moisture, they are flourishing, they are growing. But the problem with the rocky soil is it can only, it only has this much dirt. It can only go down so far and then the roots tap out. And look, it springs up for a minute. Oh, it sings in the house of God with everybody else. It raises its hand. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we say, Man, she's got it. There's joy in the house of the Lord. They're they're joyful. They're rejoicing. They think, you know, but after about four months or six months, if it dies, they're gone. They're gone. There's no root to sustain it. There's nothing there to go down. When the sun, when the trouble comes, when the persecution comes, it withers. The first battle in the Christian life, and all of a sudden, I'm out of here. I didn't sign up for that. I signed up for the good fellowship. I signed up for the joyful music. I signed up for the 15-minute sermons where that guy doesn't yell at me. Did the plant come up and was their life? It looked like all the other plants. That's the confusion. Let the wheat and tares grow together. And then at the harvest, I'll separate them out. Not everybody in here is... A, see, that, uh, hypocrites in that church. Oh, these people, these people. Look, not everybody in here is a Christian. Even in this small little group. Look like the other plants. The other plants were living their hands. The other plants were singing, but but it won't be long till this plant dies and de- disappears because the roots can't get down to the mo- moisture. And in the church of the revolving door, there are folks coming in, but they are not staying for long. And when they are, and then they're going out again. That's why Hebrews three and thirteen tells. This is why I'm trying to get you involved. You can't be a Christian on the sidelines now. You can't just go home and just say I come to church on Sunday. Throw the Bible in the back hat rack of the car that we used to have, and leave it there. You have got to be involved. The, your lives are dependent upon you. There are people dependent on you now. Being in the race, listen to what Hebrews three and thirteen says. But encourage one another daily, so long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the sin's deceitfulness. He tells us to to, to encourage each other, and so that so that, that while it's called today, encourage not. Encourage other people in this room While it's called today So that none of us get hardened By the deceitfulness of sin And all of a sudden we're on rocky soil And nothing can get through So what's the problem? Well the problem is the sheet of rock And as I said roots can only go down so far Look at 21 But since they have no root They last only a short time How many people do we know have come in the doors of this church only for a short time? A lot of your children, a lot of your grandchildren. And you were just so excited because you saw them kneel in an altar, but they're gone. Four months later, there's no root, there's no life. There's there's nothing of the life of Jesus coming forth out of them. And in, in the original parable, as I said, the sun came out in verse 6, and the roots go down, and, and, and they are able to get moisture, but not in the, not in these this group of people, not in this soil. Roots go down, get their substance from the moisture below. But, but 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 verse 21, but since they have no root, they only last for a short time. And here's the problem when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly Quickly fall away. They love the promises of the Bible. They love to go to churches that tell them. They love to tune in on TBN. They love to hear people, smiling preachers, that tell you a bunch of uh, psycho babble and a lot of things of the culture today. They love to hear you tell you that everything's going to be all right and tell you about how good you are and about yourself and self this and self that and self this and self that. And they love to get up and tell you how. You're going to be wealthy, healthy, and wise and never have an issue or a problem in your life. And I don't know. They read half of the Bible and they cut the other parts out. But they forget the part that says there's pain in the gospel. There's pain and suffering that goes along with this journey as well. Amen? And trouble comes. And it comes to all of us. And if it hadn't come to you, get ready. Buckle up in a few weeks. It's coming. Trouble comes. And and from the word. because It comes from the word. You know how it comes? Hey, mom and dad. I'm dropping out of business school and I'm going to the mission field. I accepted Jesus. Trouble comes. We paid $50,000 for your education. What do you mean? You're a fanatic. You can have Jesus, but you need to calm down. And you're like, whoa, I didn't know I was going to lose my family. All of a sudden, you go to the lunch table at school and they know they catch word, and everybody gets up and takes their trays and goes to another table. Whoa, trouble. Yeah. I didn't know that Jesus was going to cost me everything. I didn't know He's going to cost me. He's going to ask for my popularity, my reputation. I didn't know the people at work were not going to want to go out with me anymore and, be my, and, and when they all gather after hours and yuck it up. I didn't know now I was going to be isolated from that group and made a mockery. I didn't know that Jesus was going to ask me to tithe. Hey, I'm all right with you, Jesus. I'm all right dropping a buck in the plate every now and then. I'm all right going to church a little bit every now 1.8 times a week. But I didn't know you were going to ask me for my finances and everything. I didn't know everything belonged to you. So when, tr- when trouble comes, the roots, they bang up against this Word. They're confronted by the Word and when the heat comes, they shrivel up and die. The good soul. Think about, think about God's will. The, the, the good soul, those people think about God's will. They say, no longer you, my will, but your will be done. I'm not in charge of my life anymore. I no long, I, my life doesn't belong to me anymore. I belong to God. He, he, he has, he has, he, he's my master. If you accept Him as Savior, you also accept Him as Lord. Do you know what that means? He is master. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. I own your life now. I own the rights to your life. Right? I get to make the decisions. I get to guide you. I get to lead you. I get to uh, you, my yeses are get to be yes, and my noes no. When persecution, he goes on to say, because of the word of God comes. Listen, we are facing more persecution in America right now, and they are stoking. Politicians are stoking the fire. Hollywood people are stoking the fire right now. Educators are stoking the fire right now, folks. I'm telling you, this culture is getting more dark by the minute. It's getting more evil by the minute. It is. Getting Getting more sick by the minute it is getting more anti-christian by the minute more anti-bible by the minute more anti-god by the minute and you can either stand up and or uh, and, and when you do stand up you're going to be called hated you're going to be called judgmental you're going to be called everything else under the sun you can either stand up to it uh, but i'm going to tell you what if you can stand it all depends on the roots It all depends on how far your roots go down as to whether you're able to stand or not when the persecution comes. And it's coming. It's coming. It's in every other nation on the face of the earth. And now it's starting to come into the US just little bits, but it's coming. It's going to be on you like a thief. It's coming. Will you stand? Will you stand? Or will you sell Jesus out for a bowl of soup, a bowl of porridge? If its roots go down, it will not say. It's like Matthew 7, the wise man. He built his house on the rock. He had a foundation. And when the storms came and they came to everyone, the house stood. But the foolish man built his house on the sand. He built it on the world stuff. And when he depended on the world and everything else, when the storm came, it, it crashed down and, and, and he had nothing there. And so what does this have to do with us, Brad? Would you just up there flailing and screaming and hollering? What does this have to do with us? Well, i have to tell you what it has to do, uh, do with us. Number one, it's a warning to us that we need Jesus. Yes. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh bless me now, my Savior! I come to Thee. My favorite preacher that I met in New York, he said that's his prayer he prays the most in his entire life. Now is Jesus help me, Jesus help me. There's power in that little prayer, Jesus help me. I find myself all through the day now saying, Jesus help me. This problem, this mountain's too big for me. Help me. Help me. What am I going to do in this situation? Help me. So, so, so why do some roots go down deep and others do not? Why, why, what's the difference? Why some good soil and it goes down and some hits the rock? So what's the main difference? As I said, it's not because of the farmer, because the farmers, the farmers uh, he, he did well. And it's not because of the, the word or the seed, because it was the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the main difference is that some, here's the main difference. Are you ready? Do I have everybody's attention? You really want to know what the main difference? The main difference is because some never got broken by their own sin. The reason is because some never got broken by their own sin. And you got enough pulpits telling you you ain't that bad. You're really good people. Oh, come here goo goo ga I love you. You're so good. That's not what the Bible says. No, I know your mom and daddy's goo goo ga ga all over you and tell you how grandma's told you how great and wonderful you are. And there's some good people in this room. Don't get me wrong. But you're not good by nature. And I got news for you. The difference is some people have have come to a reality that they have blasphemed the holy God. Some people have come up to the reality that their sin has caused damage and hurt to God and to the family of God and to the kingdom of God and to this world. And some people have recognized, no, I'm not kind of a sinner. I'm a great sinner. I'm a bad sinner. I'm a terrible sinner. And I need God. And as they stand in front of the presence of God, their sin comes up before them and they say I thought I was good and I thought I was holy but no he is good and he is holy and I'm not and they know how evil they've been and when they know how evil they've been they are broken and they cling to Jesus Christ Broken people cling to Jesus Christ. Broken people cling to Jesus. You know why? Because in 1994, Gabe, I was that guy. Because I tell you what, I grew up like this. I know who I am. Do you know who you are? I know who Brad Lindsay is. Because see, Brad Lindsay could wear nice polos, and Brad Lindsay came from an upper middle class family. And Brad Lindsay went to church every Sunday growing up. We went to Sunday and Wednesday. We went to, we, 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 went to activities. We 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 did the thing. And I carried a Bible and never read it. And I played the part. And if you ask me, oh, I'm going to heaven, I know Jesus. But I tell you what, I, I, I had a I had a pride, I had a self-righteousness going on in my life because then I begin to look at everybody around me because I knew there was something gnawed inside of me that said something's not right with you brad something just there was some kind of fear and foreboding there was something that just didn't seem like me and God were were, 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 were there and right with each other and maybe and so I begin to go through this thing and then I begin to look at people and I say well thank God I'm not like Shanae. thank God thank God all right I, I'm good because at least I don't do what Shanae does and then I begin to find me some other train that's, you want to know why we love why we love Jerry Springer and why we love that? It makes us feel good. Yeah. Bunch of self-righteous people. That's why you like that mess. Because it makes you feel better in your mess. You don't have to deal with it. Because at least I'm not like them. And so I had a bunch of people. At least I'm not. And then I gave all these lists of things. Well, you know, I have not I, I lied. Yeah, yeah. You know that's, everybody's done that, and, and and I've cheated, but I never slip around yet. This is when I was young, and all and I'm never and i never, done smoked, and I'm never chewed, and I'm never gone with girls that do, and, you know I never. So 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 I'm not going to do these things, and God will be pleased with Brad Lindsay. If I can just stay away from those things, I'll be all right and I'm not like these other people. And I asked Jesus into my heart because I don't want to go to hell because I had this fear of going to hell. But guess what God, guess, guess what Brad was allowed to do? When the pain got so bad after some events in my life, all of a sudden now, I begin to anesthetize that pain with other things. We got out of church, got away from God, all these things begin to happen. And guess what? I went down a path of Brad living for Brad. And, And you know what? And before long, my list began to go of all the things I wasn't. But every step of the way, I still think I'm okay. I'm working at a job, and I decide if I want to slip a little bit of money out of the cash register every now and then, I ought to be able to do that. They ought to feel sorry for me for my pain and if i want to do this and if i need to have something to drink and take the edge off and make me feel a little bit better and make me feel back cuz nobody knows how miserable Brad is inside my life is miserable nobody knows how i'm hurt and how bad i feel about myself so i deserve to t- to have a little bit of this and man it got so bad things got out of control when you open the door to sin and you give the devil a foothold i'm going to tell you what he's coming in full force he's coming in full barrel and and before long, my life is spinning down the toilet. And I'm doing things that I never thought I would do. And one night, one night, I did the 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 biggest of them all I I hurt her, that woman right there and I thought I was going to lose everything that I had and all of a sudden my sin came before me my sin came before me and I was in an ocean and I was drowning and you know what, there wasn't any more saying man, Shanae Shanae." and there wasn't any more saying Jerry Springer and there wasn't any more saying Adolf Hitler because all of a sudden Brad Lindsay's sin became up before him and I'm going to tell you what I knew I was the most filthy, vile evil wicked human being on the face of the earth and I remember saying dear God if you would have this wretch if you would have this sinner if everything that I remember from childhood in this book said that you died for my sin you were buried for my sin you rose from the grave and you will accept whosoever will God I don't know why you would have me but if you will still have me you can have this messed up putrid dung of a life I want what you have for me and God God came into my life and I've never been the same again. And you want to know why I yell and scream and I'm passionate? Because the flame has never gone out. Because I know what I was saved from. I know I'm a sinner. I know apart from God what I was. I know that and I clung to the Savior. There is nothing a Brad going to get you, get me through. There is no church. There is no baptismal waters. There is nothing but Jesus. I'm clinging to Jesus with everything that I've got. And I'm telling you what, it came through a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And it came when I, when I acknowledged my sin. And some of you held on to your sin. Some of you church people are some of the worst. I see it all in you. And I wish I could come put my finger. I may do it soon like Nathan because I'm getting some boldness these days but I can see it I can sense it I can feel it from the Holy Ghost some of you are bound in things and God is trying to get to your he's trying to get to you he is trying and you resist every Sunday you resist you wall up your heart like 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 concrete and there's no root in you there's no root and I can see it And I'm saying, please, dear God, let God break you. But you got such pride and such arrogance. Because what will you look like in front of of your classes? And what will you look like in front of the people you preach to? And what will you look like in front of the people that you sing to? And what will you look like in front of your sons and daughters? How about you will start looking like a saved man? And all that bitterness and anger and hurt and, and and misery will come out of you, and you'll be a freed man or woman. So what's the difference? The difference, as I said, they've never been broken by their sin. Make a thousand excuses. Oh, I'm black. Oh, I'm white. Oh, I was poor. Oh, my mama abused me. Oh, they abandoned me. Oh, they did this. Oh, they did that. Oh, the church has so judged me. Oh, the pastor heard me. Oh, this person heard me. Wake up. His name shall be called Jesus. And He will save His people from their sin. And that's your problem. The big problem in the world is called S-I-N. It's sin. It's not taxes. It's not the government. It's not the Republicans. It's not the Democrats. The main problem is that Satan uses and tries to draw us all into a net of sin. It's called violating the Word of God. And when you violate the Word of God, the Bible says the wage of sin is death. But there is glorious news just like I found in 1994. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? And again, I know who I am. I know that only Jesus can save me. I know it. I know it. I know it. And I'm telling you, whatever you're hanging on to, you better let it go. You better let it go because I got. It's not going to do you any good when you die. And here's the news: we're all going to die in this room. No, hear me well. We don't want to talk about this subject. Nobody wants to face reality anymore. You're going to die. You're going to die. We're all going to die in this room. And what will it profit a man if he's gained the whole world? What will it profit a man if he's got all the trinkets and stupid stupid junk? What will it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose your soul? That's what we're talking about today. Your soul. That's going to live somewhere eternally. Forever. You were created to live forever. You will live forever somewhere Either with God or apart from God. And what holds you back needs to be, needs, is, is you being broken. You being broken. 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 Let, let, let the Spirit of God break you. Listen, i close with this. Let me close with this. The Psalms 51. Look at what it says. This is what keeps people going. This is what got me going in 1994. So what got David going after such a horrible transgression. If you don't know about David, go read about him. Man after God's own heart. Have mercy on me, O oh God. Have mercy on me, O oh God, according to your unfailing love. Aren't you glad God's love is unfailing? Aren't you glad God's love is unfailing? That's the only thing that gave me the courage to crawl back to Him in 1994. Aren't you glad I didn't think why in the world would you have this 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 lust-filled raging man, this thief? This murderer, this, 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 why would you have me? But your word says that you do, and your word says you're unfailing, and I'm going to fall on that. I'm going to fall on trusting in that and believing you, and because your love is unfailing. You're not like us. You don't hold grudges. You love us. You love sinners. You love sinners so much that you came and died for us. You left heaven, and you became one of us so that you can take on the sins of mankind, pay the price, and give us eternal life for all who believe on. So, O God, according to your unfaithful love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgression and wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And here's the key verse. Look at it. Verse 16 for you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. If, if I could bring you a sheep, like a good Jewish girl, if I could come and slaughter a sheep at the, at the temple, then I would do that. But you don't delight in that anymore. And you do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. If we could get some incense and some burnt offering up here, we would offer that like they did in the temple up to God. But you don't want that anymore, God. My sacrifice, oh God. What is my sacrifice? My sacrifice. Your sacrifice. What He wants. What what does he want a prideful man some arrogant person oh I can do it I'll pull it up by the seat of my booster. I promise you I'll never do it again I'll be stronger I'll be harder I'll put on a good church face and make everybody think I'm such a holy man I'm such a holy one I've never done anything I've never done anything wrong oh everybody knows you have just not you but look a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart you God will not despise What does he want? What does he want? Your stupid promises, I'll never do it again. I promise you I'll never sin. Oh, we're so boastful. We, oh, I'll never sin again. I used to think that too. That was taught to me in church. I was a good legalist. Trying to please God with all my promises. Act like I'm not that bad. Look, I'm not anymore because... I mean, I am if He removes His hand from me. But He created something new. And something beautiful. And He took my old filthiness and He gave me His righteousness. It's a garment that gets me into heaven. It's beautiful. It's one size fits all. It's called grace. And man, I could go out after 94 and say I was these things and I didn't have to come into church and hold my head and act like I wasn't a pornographer and a fornicator and all those things. I could come out and say, guess what? I was a thief, I was a liar, I was a cheat, I was a steal. And guess what? Even since I've come to Christ, I've done some things I'm not so proud of. But guess what? He has clothed me with the garment of salvation. He has given me beauty for ashes. He has washed me, and though my sins were as scarlet, and I know they were. They weren't kinder, they were. He's washed me whiter than snow. And the blood of Jesus has cleansed me. And as long as I keep my faith in that, He has given, He He is, I am clean in Christ. And he's given me power to walk in newness and to walk in a new life. And now there's a power within to say no to the things that I have never been able to have power over. And now I don't say, God, I promise I won't look at pornography anymore. You know what I say? God, dear God, you are the only one who can give me the power to not look at pornography. You are the only one that can give me power so I'm coming to the only power source and the only life source that can walk me out of this prison house, that can walk me out of immorality, that can keep me from hating the person next to me or not wanting to forgive. You're the only one. So I'm coming to you and I'm asking you for forgiveness. I'm asking you to give me the power to forgive my neighbor. I'm asking you to give me the power to love the unlovable. I'm giving you, asking you for power. And guess what? He does it. And He's deposited His Holy Spirit inside of me and He gives me that power. So Father... God, you're so good. And God, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. And I thank you, God, for this message. And Lord, I don't know really how to do an altar call, but this altar's open, or there it's open in their seat. God, the word's been sown and Some need to let go of some things and receive Jesus into their heart and to open their heart wide and to receive You into their life. God, we don't want rocky soil. The only thing that's going to cause the soil of this ground. Amos said, break up the fallow ground until You rule and rain righteousness down on Your people. Oh Lord, break up the fallow ground of our heart. Oh God, let the word be a hammer that breaks up the hardness of our heart. Oh God, let Jesus come up before us like he did me in 1994, where I, it's no longer me comparing myself to others, but I saw the holiness of God standing before me. And I had to say, I'm undone. I'm unclean. Lord, It broke me. If you would have judged me in that moment, I would have gone to hell. I would have had to make my bed in hell. I deserved it. But God, you offered mercy. We're in a day of mercy. We're in a mercy moment. Just like the ark of safety for Noah, there was a period of time where there was a safety. A safety. and The whole earth was invited in. And sadly, eight souls came into that safety. And we're in another moment where we've been in a mercy moment for a long time where God's saying, I won't hold your sin against you because of my son. He has paid the price. And if you will repent and turn from your wicked ways and you turn to God and and acknowledge that you are a sinner in need of a Savior, I'll come in and make my abode with you. I'll make my home with you and I'll give you new life. But that mercy moment's going to run out. And I see the days approaching soon where time is ticking, ticking. Even the atomic energy people say, the clock, they set the clock forward the other day. These are secular people. Set the clock forward closer to midnight saying we've never been closer to an, a nuclear annihilation. You're scaring me, preacher. That's the facts, Jack. That's where we're living. You don't want to be scared if you're in the ark of safety. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah.